Hello, everyone, and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. Um, my name is David Rowlands. I'm the editor at B2B Marketing, um, and I'm joined today by Lucy Canning, who is Brand, Marketing, and Business Development Director at Grant Thornton. Um, so basically, Lucy, uh, do you know what? Let's. I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself because you'll do a far better job than I can. So before we begin, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Grant Thornton? Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, so as you said, I'm uh, brand marketing and BD director at GT. Um, I've been there for 13 years now. Uh, I've had three other roles uh, during that time that ultimately led me to this position, which I took on in 2018, just after I came back from maternity leave. Before GT, I worked in similar roles in a smaller competitor. And before I started my career, I did a degree in ancient and medieval history at the University of Birmingham. I've got a just turned four year old son, Sam. Um, so as you can imagine, he keeps me very busy outside of work. Um, I live in North London near Hampstead Heath. So I spend a lot of time walking and running over there. Um, in terms of my role at GT today, I lead a team of around 130 people um, across all of the disciplines you'd expect to see in a large marketing and BD team like this. So um, strategic marketing to pursuit, to client voice, to research. And so my role is really about um, trying to bring everything together in a coherent and joined up way, um, just trying to make sure we're all pointing in the same direction and that we're, um, I guess, both giving our business and our fee owners what they need to grow the business, but that we're also keeping a really sharp focus on what matters to our clients and what's happening in the markets we're operating in. Okay, cool. Thanks. And I'm glad to hear I've got a fellow history student and oh, really? North London inhabitant on the, on the podcast. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Well, in, in that, uh, with that in mind, then let's, let's jump straight into the, the questions because I'm sure um, no one wants to hear me babbling on about my, my degree years ago. So <laughs> we'll um, talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After the call. Um, so the first one I've got for you, obviously COVID-19 has, has affected everyone's industry, you know, whether that's travel or, you know, in B2B as well, of course, but you know, in, in your experience, what's been the impact on professional services this past year and Grant Thornton specifically? And I guess furthermore to that, how have you been overcoming this impact? Yeah, I mean, I think we we all assumed the per- the worst, or at least we we planned for the worst when the pandemic started. Um, at GT, we were we were pretty quick to respond and and start to to adapt the business um, through. It was obviously. A really unexpected and unpredictable time. But our people responded brilliantly. Um, our IT infrastructure and support meant that we really easily transitioned to doing business in, in a virtual world. And we found that we were able to continue to deliver strong levels of client service and, and have regular interaction with our, our clients during last year. And um, I mean, it's hard to generalize, obviously, but I think clients have looked more to their professional advisors during the last year. Um, you know, sounding boards and to try and learn via their advisors what others were doing to to try and deal with all of this. And so I think um, for professional services, I think, uh, you know, professional services firms have really had the opportunity to to step up and be there for their clients at a time of real need. In terms of in terms of, I guess, our business, there were there were obviously challenges uh, for us last year. The year didn't play out at all how we expected it to at the start of the year, um, and I'm sure it didn't for for anybody. We had to recalibrate several times, um, but we came out strong, and we've we've had a really brilliant start to this year across our entire business. And I think um, I think the reason that we've performed strongly during this time is that we've been very agile in our approach. So. We've worked really hard to stay close to our clients. 
we've worked really hard to to listen and to understand what they were going through um, and to really try and think about how we could support them throughout. So, you know, right from the, the very immediate help that uh, they needed in sort of assessing, you know, what the hell was going on. Um, through trying to protect their businesses, to make changes, uh, right through to helping them start to sort of look and, and, and plan for the future. And and as a marketing and BD team, um, we, I guess we pivoted entirely at the start of the pandemic and really switched our focus um, to working with our service line experts to look at how we could best support our clients through the pandemic. And we just kept evolving this, as I just alluded to, as situations and challenges developed. And I think it, in some respects, it brought out the best in us. Um, everyone pulled together and we collaborated really effectively. And and I guess, you know, most importantly, we stayed focused on what our clients needed from us. It's funny, you say, um, obviously, it's been a, a, a tumultuous year, but you've done, you know, really well out of it. And that's actually a similar story we've seen with... Um, mm with tons of indus- uh, tons of uh, businesses within B2B, particularly agencies. Um, uh-huh. You know, we, we do uh, a lot of work on our agency's benchmarking report where we, we kind of establish, you know, how agencies are doing in terms of, you know, income year on year, headcount and, and the like. And from what we can tell that it's, it's only gone up, it's only improved. So it's interesting to see you've, um, you've said the same there. Um, just on to the, the, the next one I want to ask you about. One thing we've also seen a lot of lately is that brand is coming to the fore once again, or I mean, arguably it's just returning um, due to the impact of the pandemic. So as director of brand, marketing and business development, why do you think it's so important to cultivate a great brand at a professional services organization? Is forging that brand as important as it is for, say, a tech vendor? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's critical to, um, as you say, cultivate a great brand at a professional services firm. Yes. Um, in terms of it coming to the fore, again, I'm not sure the importance of brand has ever really gone away. But I do think there is uh, perhaps more scrutiny now on brands in terms of what they do, what they say, and, you know, and even perhaps what they don't say. I think um, there's an, there's a arguably a greater expectation for a brand to have integrity, to have a voice and speak out. And so I think possibly these are some of the reasons that it might feel like brand is becoming more of a a central question again. Um, And I think in in stating the obvious, being really clear and consistent in terms of who you are, what you do, what you stand for, and simply put why you're special is is absolutely essential. And more than ever, I think this is about um, the employer brand and a focus on talent as well as obviously on clients and prospects. And I'll just um, I'll just touch on both of that uh, as I think there are some some obvious um, distinctions um, to draw out. But from a client perspective, and, and this is not new, but it's only increasing, particularly in our industry, buyers are more discerning than ever. The competitive landscape is more diverse. They've got more choice. There's more specialists. They've got higher expectations, and they're only going to work with advisors they trust who uh, can really demonstrate they understand them and what's important to them. And so I think for firms to really cut through, they need to be crystal clear on what the market wants and be able to to really clearly articulate why the market should choose them over the competition. And I guess we've done a lot of work on our brand over the past couple of years globally at Grant Thornton. We've, we've really taken the time to talk to our clients and prospects to try and understand both what they want and expect from their providers uh, what their typical frustrations are with their advisors and and also what they see us doing really well. And in the middle of that is where we've anchored our brand. So 
we've kept it really simple. It's all about the experience we provide, the experience that we know clients want and don't always get. And for us, um, in short, it's about how we how we go beyond. And the pandemic was um, was a great test of words versus action. And we saw from our client feedback that we delivered consistently against our brand promise, even you know under the most challenging of circumstances. Um, and so I think we, you know, arguably built greater trust in our brand through uh, through the pandemic. And again, in terms of words versus actions, I think this is really key for professional services firms because we aren't selling controllable, replicable products. We're selling people. And so our brand is built on every interaction the market has with us. So the, um, the what we say has to marry up and flow through to the what we do in practice. And so while you know, brand strategy naturally sits within the remit of the marketing and uh, BD team um, to really make it real and to really leverage the power of the brand commercially. It's got to flow through the organization and flow through your people, your culture, from recruitment to how you develop your people, the experience and the exposure and opportunities you give them. And yeah, and so as I said earlier, I think an audience that brand has never been more important for is is talent. Um, whether that's graduate recruits or experienced hires. And when I think about Grant Thornton, I'm sure this is true for uh, for many others. The market opportunity is, is there for us to keep growing, but it's going to be our ability to attract and retain the best talent that I think is going to determine the pace and size of our growth. And so I guess going back to my earlier point, people will increasingly look to um, – look beyond the role to the organization, what their culture is, what they stand for, what they stand up for. And I think brands wanting to attract the best talent um, really need to be able to clearly, authentically and transparently answer those questions. So, so yes, um, brands, I think, remains critical in professional services. And I think the importance of brands are only going to increase. Yeah, that last bit was all I was looking for. <laughs> that was the uh, That was the key there. Um, no, but all, all jokes aside, that's, um, that's really helpful. So thank you very much. And I, from a personal point of view, to just to be completely blunt about it, you know, how have you been looking to improve Grant Thornton's brand? You know, what specific strategies and tactics are you employing to raise the profile of, of Grant Thornton? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll just give you a couple of simple examples. Um, so we've got a very uh, complex business with a wide and diverse range of service offerings. And it can be easy to fall into the trap of being quite internally focused and siloed in, in how you go to market. Um, but we've been working really hard to keep our clients at the heart of our thinking. And particularly with the events of the last 12 months with pandemic and Brexit. And so we've really focused on um, trying to offer our clients very practical guidance, tools and, and support to help them essentially manage today and plan for tomorrow. And we ask our clients what's important to them. and what their challenges are. And our marketing team has been working hard to develop a program of activity, um, virtual roundtables, national webinars, tailored insights, et cetera, to really support frontline teams and be able to keep you know, building and developing relationships. Um, so there's nothing groundbreaking in this, but I think we've been good, particularly since the pandemic, at keeping the client front and center and staying fresh, and so bringing the best of our expertise together in a way that I think is the most valuable to the market. Um, another thing I'd point to um, in terms of raising our profile, and just because it's been something that we've been talking about a lot as a team, is our increasing focus on employee advocacy. 
there are a couple of things here. And again, it's back to those two key audiences, clients and talent. So we're obviously a relationship and people driven business. And so are people talking about what we do, offering their perspective and sharing their insights and examples with their own networks is hugely powerful. And so we've been working hard to help our people do this, um, helping them understand the channels available to them, helping them to consider what uh, approach authentically works for them and and really trying to make it easy for them to, to access the content um, that's relevant to share with their networks. And we've had a lot of buy-in and appetite from both our board and, and leaders within our business around this, which is which is great. And we also recognize uh, that this is a key point in terms of talent attraction. We really need to you know, be authentic um, in showing you know, future talent what it's really like at GT. Um, we're quite proud of the firm we are. We think we've got a great culture. And I think we offer a really supportive environment to our people. So we're now trying to share more stories about you know, life inside GT than we have done before. Okay, that's really interesting. Thank you very much. And I guess on the other side of the coin, you know, what things are you, do you see that B2B Marketers is doing that are really damaging to a brand? Or, or maybe a better question is, you know, at, at least not the most effective for the brand. Yeah, um, well, personally, what I find most annoying is the pushiness of some B2B marketing tactics. Um, this is predominantly email driven, um, but I get emails that, that essentially say, I'm not sure why you haven't responded to my last four emails. I'm very busy and want to set up a meeting with you. So please, could you confirm the time you could speak to me at? And I don't know if it's meant to try and trick me into thinking I want to talk to them, but it really doesn't work. It's just rude and annoying and I always delete them. Um, and I guess a completely different example. I think there is a, a fine line for brands and marketers to tread when trying to demonstrate you're a brand with a conscience. Um, I think. It's really important, obviously, for the reasons we you know, mentioned earlier, it's what clients and, and certainly talent expect now. But I think authenticity is really key. And, and obviously, you need to practice what you preach, because otherwise, people are going to see through it very quickly. And I suppose this isn't necessarily unique to B2B, but I think it can stand out pretty quickly in some of our professions if, we, you know, if we're inauthentic. Yeah, I, I think that's something we've seen a lot about lately is, you know, brand purpose is obviously something that's really important, but mm. it has to be, it has to be authentic because if it's not, it just, every, you know, no one's going to fall for it. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it's almost a little bit distasteful, you know, yeah, when you see it, a, it is. Yeah. You know, when you see, a, a, I don't know, whatever it is, like an advert for a, a bank or something and it's, it, they're pretending they're your friend and it just, it's not a, it's not a you great You can just experience. see through it, can't you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's just moving on then really. So, you know, transformation's obviously been the, the theme of the last 12 months, arguably, um, you know, with people shifting for working from home or organizations have to launch, you know, entirely new products or, or within entirely new markets. You know, do you expect the transformation agenda to, to sort of steady this year now that we're, gradually getting back to normal or do you think you know there's going to be more change to come you know if if this is something you're prepared for you know how are you preparing for it yeah um i was having this conversation with a colleague the other day it really does feel like there's constant change um and we were talking about how we help our teams to to try and you know deal with this and i think as you say the transformation agenda is going to continue for some time um on the point about transitioning to working virtually, um, 
we now, you know, we're now facing the next transition, which is to a hybrid way of working. And it's quite hard to predict how that's going to unfold. We know our people want, I think this is probably true of most um, most businesses, but we know that our people want to split their time between home and uh, office. And how we make that work is, is a big question. And I think the tone from top will really determine how, you know, how that plays out on the ground. So I don't think the dust will settle for a while. And I guess we also need to bear, bear in mind um, our clients are going to be going through the same and we need to be flexible in thinking about what they want from us and their expectations about how we work with them in the future. And I think digital transformation, which is something that everyone seems to be wrestling with and uh, is obviously central to this. I think the pandemic has pushed that agenda further forwards for, for many, but I suspect how we work with each other, with clients and how we provide services, and that's only going to continue to evolve now. And so I think in terms of, you know, preparation and going back to the conversation I was having with my colleague the other day, one of the most important things we can do is to keep talking to our teams, listening to how people are feeling, sharing information, being transparent as possible, and also trying to get people actively involved in change. So it isn't always something that's being done to people. They've got a chance to to input and to, to shape how things change. Yeah, and I think that's really important because, I mean, obviously no one here is a crystal ball and, and no one knows what yeah. what it's going to be like i mean there's some reports that people think will be back to a five-day week within a couple of years and then mm, you know, I saw that. Yeah, yeah i saw it on the news today bbc was it yeah yeah that was one um but then you know you also hear people saying well you know why do i even need to live in london if i can if i could do my job remotely you know why can't i live in you know on the south coast or um and it, it's yeah i think you're right it's it's about just talking to everyone within the business and and kind of seeing what's what's going to work really yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and I do think it's really hard to predict what that's going to look like in a year's time. I, I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> Me neither. But um, I, yeah, I don't think anyone begrudge you for not knowing because I don't think anyone knows really. Um, well, listen, I've, I think we've got time for one more question. So um, I just wanted to ask, you know, for, for anyone listening who works in professional services specifically, what's your biggest and best piece of advice for the rest of the year? you know, will agility be the name of the game or might now be the time to start thinking, you know, long-term again? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a balancing act. It's, it's going to be a, a twin track between looking to the longer term and where you want to go and, and how you can get there whilst really, really trying to build agility into your culture and mindset. Um, at GT, you know, during the last year, we, we, we learned a lot about ourselves and our business and, we saw really high levels of productivity. We've driven up margins. We've delivered great client service. We've improved our culture. Um, we've been more connected and, and, and inclusive than I think we have been before. Um, we've made decisions at speed. We've changed, we've changed our minds equally quickly when the data's changed. And as a marketing and BD team, I think we've seen better collaboration. So I think the key is going to be to look back at what's happened and what you've gained and you don't want to lose looking at what you've you know, learned that you don't want to forget and, and starting to think about what that could look like over the long term. So, you know, what, what do you want to keep when we're out of the pandemic, when it feels like there's a bit more, more certainty? What don't you want to lose? And I think, um, you know, there are principles and practices that I think we can really capture um, that can start to inform long term thinking. So I think we can leverage some of that into the future of our business or our teams or, or at a much more granular level in terms of, you know, our campaigns and our projects. I think there's lots of learning that we want to keep and, and take take um, take into our sort of longer term planning. 
Um, but I also think that the need to be agile won't be going away. And so I think we need to create that culture that really accepts and embraces change um, and feels able and empowered to, to, to pivot when, when needed. Yeah. And I, I think, like you say, you know, this last year, there's been a, um, you know, a lot of lessons <laughs> learned by everyone um, in whatever organization they're in. And it's just important just to, you know, not forget those and try and go back to the status quo, but to try and almost, you know, reassess what the future might look like. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, Lucy, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, that was, you know, really great to get your insight. Um, yeah, really grateful you uh, took the time to speak to us. So um, just want to say thank you very much. Um, and thank you to our listeners as well, of course, as always. Um, Lucy, do you have anything else you just wanted to um, say where you're on the line? Is there anything, uh, you know, where people can see some of Grant Thornton's work in action or anything you want to share? Um, no, I mean, you know, visit our website, um, but no, nothing, nothing else to share. No, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Brilliant. Well, that's nice and uh, short and sweet. So thank you very much. And um, we'll see you again next time. Cheers, guys. Bye bye.